Again, I tell you, choir, that anthem was just, oh, it was glorious. That's one of my favorites. That is one of my favorites. And that was just so, so beautiful. Um, you know, to be blessed and to, to lift it, have the music lift our spirits is such a gift. So thank you for that gift uh, this morning. We're continuing on in our series called One Another. And we're in our last uh, week of the series. We spent four weeks together. We started out uh, with the scripture calling us to welcome one another. And the whole notion is whenever we gather, we always want to roll out the welcome mat. We always want to know that everyone has a place to belong. When you come here, we want you to know that you have a place to belong here. And particularly if there's somebody you don't know, we want them to know that they have a place to belong here. And we talked about you know, widening our welcome by one. That if you come and you see somebody you don't know, hey, that's your mission right there in that person to go, shake their hand, welcome them, let them know, you know, that they have a place here at Spring Valley. The love of Christ is here for them at Spring Valley. And we, so we, talked, we started out talking about uh, welcoming one another. The next week we talked about living in harmony with one another and doing the hard work of harmony, and particularly living in the partisan uh, society in which we find ourselves, how important it is that we do that hard work together. So we talked about that on our second week. Last week we talked about teach one another. And we talked about how we learn as we come as a community of faith. And we learn partly by studying together. That's one way we do it. We learn by singing together whenever we sing. You know, that grows a part of our brain that's really important for us to grow in and, and learn in. And then we serve with each other. So we talked about sing, study, and serve. And that's the way we teach and learn with each other. And then today we're going to focus in on the last verse that Heather lifted up, verse 5 from 1 Thessalonians, or verse um, 11 from chapter 5 in 1 Thessalonians. And it's a verse that goes like this Encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. Encourage one another. Build one another up, just as as you are doing the word of Christ for us as the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we give you thanks for the ways that you invite us to find our courage, to find our strength, to find our hope in you, that it would be your spirit that would lift our hearts, and then it would be your spirit that would call us to share that same encouragement with one another and with your world, a world that so needs to be lifted and so needs to have that light of ours shine on the path in ways that would bring hope. And so, Lord, give us that heart as we hear your word this day. Let your spirit be moving within us that indeed, as we would be strengthened by this time, we might go out to be more fully and faithfully your servants in and through Jesus Christ, our Lord in whose name we pray. Amen. You know, whenever we come, we always start worship out the same way every week. I know you've all noticed that. I mean, we come, I welcome everyone. Hey, it's really good to have you. Then we invite us all to stand, and we have our call to worship, and we have our opening hymn. And as we sing our opening hymn, our acolytes come down the center aisle. As they come down the center aisle, what they do is they bring their taper, and at the end of their taper, there is that light. And you may know that that light, you know, is a symbol 
for the light of Christ. And so what they do is they bring the light of Christ into worship. Well, I've always, we had acolyte training just a couple of weeks back, and we said that's the ministry that you perform. As you lead, you bring the light of Christ into our life together. And not only do they bring the light of Christ into our life, the light of Christ into our life together, what they do is they light the altar candles with that light of Christ. And as they light the altar candles with that light of Christ, what the altar candles do is then witness to us the presence of the living Christ, the light of life during our whole time of worship as we're gathered here for the hour. And the prayer always is this, not simply that the light would stay up on the altar. The prayer is always that the light would come and be lit in our hearts. See, the prayer and the purpose and the intention of worship is not that the light stays there, is that the light comes here. And that's why we praise, and that's why we pray, and that's why we read and, you know, be together. Because what we want to do is have that light of Christ in our hearts and, and in our lives. So that's the mission that they have. To light the light so the light can come in us. But you and I know that occasionally what happens is that the acolytes come down and, and, and be walking down. And sometimes maybe it's that they have a short wick or maybe sometimes they're walking a little fast or maybe sometimes there's a gust that blows out of the vents from the air conditioning. But every once in a while what happens is the acolytes will come down and then one of the lights will get blown out. And we've all seen that. If you've been here for worship, you know, uh, a number of times, uh, inevitably, at some point in time, the light will blow out, and then there's this congregational crisis. I mean, I can see it. Everybody's like, uh-oh, what is going to happen next? You know, it's, kinda, it, it's, the, it's the greatest dilemma that we have. You know, it's kind of like, what happens next when the light blows out? But I want to share with you, our acolytes are trained. It's really good, Alice. Thank you for training them in acolytes. Thank you for being trained. Because what happens is they know that when the acolyte comes forward and they're standing and they come all the way up to the front, that what they do is they know that in those moments, what's important is that the one acolyte who still has a light turns to the acolyte who doesn't have the light and they light each other's candles. They light each other's taper. And as they light each other's taper, then what happens is they can complete the mission. You know, disaster averted, mission completed, candles are lit, and we can go forward. I want to tell you, friends, when they light each other's candles, it is more than disaster averted. It is more than mission accomplished. It is witness to you and to me. It is a truth lived out before you and before me. And the truth is this, that when our light goes out, when your light goes out, when the light of a neighbor or a friend of, of, in the family of faith goes out, that we need each other. We need each other to light one another's light. We need each other, as the apostle says in the scripture this morning, to encourage one another, to build one another up. And to keep on doing it and doing it and doing it. As we says at the end, he says, just as you have been doing, we need to be here for one another because inevitably we all will find ourselves in that moment when we're standing and the light's out. It's part of life. And in that moment, we need one another. We need one another to share the light. You know, George Gallup keeps polls 
Uh, you all know that. And he keeps a number of polls. And there's a particular index that Gallup keeps. And it's called the Misery Index. You may have read of it. It's actually in the morning, this morning's paper. It's called the Misery Index. And in the Misery Index, what he does is he measures the amount of misery in the, in the world. And, and you may know this, but in 2017, that was supposed to be the most miserable year in the last decade. That misery was at its highest level in the last decade. I want you to think about that for a second. And the way that the article starts out in today's paper, it starts out like this. Violence, bitter partisanship, an uncertain future. These are dark times. Violence, bitter partisanship, an uncertain future. These are dark times. The apostle writes in the scripture this morning, he says, I don't have to tell you, I don't have to write to you about the times and the seasons. We know the times in which we live. They knew the times in which they lived. We know the times in which we live. We know the signs of the times. We know the atrocities in Syria. We know the war in Afghanistan. We know the nuclear proliferation. That's easy for me to say. We know that in North Korea and in Iran, we know the cataclysmic climate disasters we've had in the Carolinas and in the Philippines. We know the abuse and the moral failure in the church. We know the social and racial injustice that is part of our society. We know the partisanship in which we find ourselves as a nation, a very bitter partisanship. We know the signs of our times. The apostle says, I don't have to tell you about that, and I don't have to tell you about that. You already know that. The issue is that sometimes what happens in the midst of all this, it's enough to make you lose your religion. It's enough to make you lose your religion. And here's what I mean by that. It is so easy to get swept up in cynicism and in skepticism. It is so easy to get so overwhelmed by anxiety that you kind of get numb to the fact, you know, well, anything, you just want to say, it's all going to just go to hell in a handbasket, you know. You just want to kind of say, just do away, you know, just, just such a mess. It's so easy just to get numbed to a point of apathy. Sometimes what happens in the midst of the dark time is that the faith, the faith of hope and love and joy and peace it flickers, it fades, it flames out. The times are enough to make you lose your religion. And he says it's also the seasons. The seasons of life can do the same. There are some seasons in life where we're so, we can get so busy, caught up in caring for someone else, whether it be maybe younger or maybe much older, but you kind of get caught up in those caring cycles in which it just demands everything of you and it drains everything from you. And as it demands everything of you and drains every, you know, everything out of you, just like there's, there's nothing left, the light 
just kind of goes out in all the demands that surround you. Or it can be a point in life where there is loss and where there is grief and where the loneliness kind of sheds a blanket over, over any sense of joy in life. Or it can be moments in life where there's just an emptiness and where there's an apathy. Where you lose your own passion for your own life. I mean, what the apostle is saying today, there are times in all of our lives where the light begins to go out. And he wants to speak to those moments. And he wants to speak into those moments. Those moments that we all have. We all have those moments. And here's what he says. He says, when we get in those moments, you always have to remember the nature of God. You always have to remember that God is a just God. You always have to remember that God is a righteous God. You always have to remember that that ark of justice and that ark of righteousness is a long ark. But you need to know, and I need to know, he says in the scripture this morning, that it is certain and it is sure. It is just always also in God's time. It is also always in God's way. The image that he uses this morning is this image. It comes like a thief in the night. I don't know about you, but just that image, just that picture, just that thought, you know, that sense of thief in the night just makes the hairs kind of stand up on the back of my head. And so he says, you know what, God works in ways that we don't understand. He says, but you and I need, you know, don't be mistaken. He says, don't get caught off guard. Don't get caught asleep. Don't, you know, say, oh, I didn't think that was coming. He says, you and I need to know that God is always moving forward in ways of justice in ways of justice and in ways of righteousness. He says, be sure of that. Be certain of that. Don't let it catch you off guard. And know that as it comes, know that once it comes and as it comes, there's nothing you can do to stop it. And again, the image that he uses, he uses an image of a woman having in labor, having a child. It's kind of like, once that baby's coming, there's, there's no stopping this. This is, this is good. You know, the baby is coming out. It's coming down the, the track here. What's, what's coming forward? He says that's the way God's justice and righteousness is. And so he combines those two images, which is a really amazing thief in night and, and woman in labor. And he brings that forward and he says, you know, you need to know that God is who God is. And God is going to be true to who God is. And that's the, that is the world that we live in, no matter what the signs, no matter what the seasons, no matter what the times. That's the world in which we live. It's determined by the nature and the reality of God. And so it's in that nature and in that reality of God, he says, that's where we find our identity. He says, we are not children of the night. We are not children of the dark. It's not like the times determine who we are. He says, we are children of the light. And we are children of the day. No matter what is happening in our lives, when, even if the light goes out, you are still a child of the light. You are still a child of the day. That is still your and always your identity. You were baptized into that identity. You professed that identity. You were confirmed in that identity. You may have baptized your children or your grandchildren in that identity. You need to understand that that identity is yours says that's who we are and so he invites us to claim that and then to begin to live in it and he, as we begin to live in it, he says you live into it kind of day in and day out whenever you you know you roll out of bed in the morning and you put your feet on the floor what happens is in that day 
you and I are encouraged to claim that identity and to, and to live into it. And, and the image that he uses, the kind of the expression he uses in the scripture this morning is when we start it every day, what we need to do is suit up. We need to suit up for the day. You know, we, we've all heard the expression, your game face. You know, when you're coming into whatever's ahead of you, you need to have your game face on. He's talking about we need to have our game faith on. When you put your feet on the floor, when you get ready to roll out the door in the day, when you look at all that's ahead, when you know the times and when you knew the signs and when you know the seasons, whatever that is, you need to have your game faith on. And here's the way he puts it in the scripture this morning. He says, make sure that you put on the breastplate of faith and love and make sure you put on the helmet of hope and salvation. See, the, the, the apparel that he uses here, as you look at that, that's battlefield apparel. That's military apparel. That's apparel where you know that what's ahead is not going to be easy. But you know that you are going to live into that identity that is yours. And so he says, when we get up in the morning, what you do, make sure you put on faith. Make sure you put on hope. Make sure you put on salvation. Make sure you put on love. Put those things on. You may say, well, how do I do that, preacher? You know, what, what, what do I actually do to put those on? He says, here's what you do. And it's pretty straightforward. And it's pretty, you know, easy to do. It's when you put your feet on the floor and you're getting ready to go into the day, you say this, today I go with Christ. Today Christ goes with me. As I go into the day, Today I go with Christ, and today Christ goes with me. And the way he phrases that out in the scripture this morning, he says it like this. He says, Christ died so that whether we are awake or whether we are asleep, whether we are alive or whether we are dead, those are the images right there in awake and asleep, alive and dead. He says, no, Christ died so that we might live with him. I mean, the whole purpose of the cross, the whole notion of the cross, the whole power of the cross is that as you and I live each and every day, when you and I live today, we can live it with Christ. We can live it in a way that we can suit up with what we need so we can shine out with what is needed. And so he encourages us to have that heart. And so you say, okay, this is great, preacher. This is great, Paul. I come and I find out about the nature of God and I find out about who I am in that nature and I find out about how I'm called to kind of put that on every day and I know what it means in terms of me living with Christ every day. But you know what? My light is a light that's out. My light, you know, all those things can be really nice, but you know what? When I look in here, the light's not on. That's where the last verse comes. That's where the truth comes. That's where we need each other. He says, in those times, we need to be with each other. In those times, we need to encourage each other. In those times, we need to build each other up in those realities. That's what we offer to others when we have that light. When you come alongside where somebody you can see that they're struggling, that they're having a hard time, 
that they're suffering. And you draw alongside, and you say, you know what, my mission, just like the mission of the acolytes, is when somebody else's light is out, my mission is to light their light. And the way that we do that is first thing, we do draw alongside of them. We don't back away, we don't shy away. Somebody's having a hard time, we just be with them. You don't have to say anything. Just being with somebody is one of the greatest blessings you can bring. And the second greatest blessing in all that is not, again, not saying anything, but listening to them because it's not our words that we speak that are important. It is their words that we listen to that are really important. See, light begins to shine in the listening. And then, as we are with, and then, as we listen, then we speak in. We speak into what's going on in their hearts and what's going on in their life, and we speak that word of hope, a word that lifts. And sometimes you say, golly, I don't know what that word is going to be. The scripture makes this promise that when you and I step into those moments, that the Spirit will give us what we need to say. And I will assure you, I've been in that spot a lot as a pastor, where I don't know what I'm going to say when I come into that moment and when I'm with somebody and I'm listening to them. And you know what? The Spirit gives you something to say. And that's not just true for pastors. It's true for us all. Every single one of us. You step into those moments where you're standing by the person that needs the light and the Spirit will let you know what you need to say. Encourage one another. Build each other up. Just keep on doing it and doing it and doing it. You know, one of the things I like to do when I get home and when I like to relax is I like to channel surf. And I don't know if that's a guy thing or I don't know. You know just, uh, I, but anyway, I grab that clipper and I'll kind of I'll go through it. And you might think I'm going to be I'm weird, but what I do is I channel surf the end of the news uh, programs. Because y'all may have noticed that you know, what will happen, you have a half hour news program, 29 minutes is like bad news, then one minute is good news. Y'all notice that? So I channel surf the one minute. That's what I do. Uh, and, and so it's kind of like, this is going to be good. You know, I'm going to kind of have a smile on my face at the end of all this stuff. And, and so I go and I channel surf uh, through the end of that. And, and, and this last week, as I was channel surfing along, they had a story uh, about a, a football team. And it was a peewee football team, so these are, are uh, boys that were uh, like in the fifth and the sixth grade. They're 10, 11 years old. And, uh, you know, I don't know if every boy has this dream when they're 10 or 11 years old, but I know I had this dream, of, you know, when I was 10 or 11 years old, about what is it like to carry a football across the goal line and score the touchdown? You know? Did y'all ever think about that? What is it like to carry the football across the line and score the touchdown? I mean, would it be awesome? Yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean, I've thought about that. You know, wouldn't that be awesome? You know, I think a lot of of little boys, little girls too, you know, I mean, have that same kind of desire. And there was one little boy in that story that that had that heart, but was not going to be able to do it because he was a little boy who had cerebral palsy. And so as close as he got to the game was that he was like the assistant for the team. And he, would, he was in his wheelchair, always in his wheelchair. He was always on the sideline. He was always watching the game go on in the field. You know? But he wasn't part of the game. 
And so what happened is that in one particular game, at the end, as, as they came into the game, uh, they had him suit up. They had him put on his game attire, you know, put on the uniform, the team uniform. He'd never done that before. That meant it's really neat to be able to dress up in the team uniform and be part of the team in this way, sit on the side and watch the game and have the uniform on. When it came to the last play of the game, they brought him in. In in his wheelchair. So his wheelchair comes on the field. This is cool to be on the field, to be in my wheelchair, to be part of what's going on. And in, in that play, and you guessed it, what they did is they gave him the ball. And when they gave him the ball, then what he did was he drove his wheelchair down the field. And as he drove his wheelchair down the field, what happened is the whole team gathered around. There's just big mass of kids, you know. <laughs> And there's this big mess of kids, and the other team was in on it too. So they were kind of, you know, faking like they were trying to tackle, and you know, everybody's kind of doing their thing, you know. And, and you're kind of watching this, and, and you're watching uh, this boy drive his wheelchair down the field, surrounded by all his friends, and surrounded by the other team who was in on it too. And they and they cross over the goal line. And as they cross over the goal line, there's this there's this big cheer. And, and the big cheer, you know, you know what's in the heart of that little boy in the wheelchair. And you know it's in the heart of all his teammates as they were surrounding him as he went down the field. And you know it's in the heart of all the other team as they kind of were in on it too and they were helping it down the field. And you know it was in the heart of everyone in the stands. And you know it was in the heart of everyone who was watching on the TV. You know it was in the heart was the light the light of hope, the light of joy, the light of this is right. You and I know the light, and the lesson we learn is that we need each other. We need to surround each other. We need to be with each other. We need to encourage each other. We need to build each other up. We need to go forward with each other. That's how it happens. We go forward with each other. As we go forward with each other, that light of Christ, which is the light of the world, which is the light of life, begins to touch your hearts, begins to touch the hearts and lives of those in our community and in our world, and that is the kingdom, and that is to the glory of God. In that faith, I invite us, encourage one another, Build one another up, just as you always have been doing. Keep that faith. Keep it up. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we give you thanks for the ways that you bring forward your encouragement, for the ways that you invite us to step into that place where that light of life that you would shine into us in our dark times might be what we shine into the, li- the hearts and lives of others in their moments when they need to be lifted. Lord, lead us in that truth, and let it all be to your glory, and through Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.